Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Fear Alchemist. My name is Ben Harris, your host. I'm stoked to have my friend, Dr. Anita Bushin, on the podcast today. She just released a new book called That Sucked, Now What? And I highly recommend it for anyone who is really struggling or going through a hard time or just anyone who is wondering, how do you bounce back after going through something pretty shitty or sucky? (laughs) Like when you go through something so hard, how do you bounce back from it? We even do a little impromptu coaching session together on this podcast, and it could definitely hit some some sore spots for some of you, but at the same time, be incredibly helpful for fear of rejection, abandonment, not feeling seen or heard as a kid. This is going to be really helpful for you. And I deeply appreciate Nita's bravery for going here and allowing people to listen and see her and her fears and insecurities. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple spotify or youtube please rate and review on whatever platform you are listening or watching on because it really helps this show get noticed and get recommended to other people that are searching for this information and this wisdom and these perspectives and this content to enrich and to uplift their life and without any more talking let's get into it y'all thank you for being here let's go nita we're here okay we are <laughs> We are. I mean, I talk about bravery and you talk yes. about fear. So uh, this is bring it on. This is, I know. And it's so perfect in the synergy in so many ways. And it is funny. It's we were talking before this of like, no matter how many times you do a thing, like there's obviously still fear. Like you mm-hmm. talked about the cold plunge and like I on your podcast you're talking about the cold plunge how you still resist it and like i did one three two days ago and it was like the same story like i love it like Mm -hmm. i love the cold but it was still just like like why am i gonna do this like this is miserable but it but again like i know that's like a calling into it so as we begin this i'm curious what is your first memory or maybe just a poignant like important one that made an impact on you of like fear and bravery Mm. yeah Mm. so first memory um well i guess the one that's really vivid that just came up in mind right now um was so the so it's a it's a it's a big story but it's it's around when i there's a had to have been about maybe 10 or 11 maybe even 12 but i know i was in uh i was in grade school and or elementary school for for folks who are not in the u.s and i was at the mall uh when as as you do (laughs) (laughs) as you do and uh So, well, actually, you know, let me, I can share that story, but I think it'll be even more relevant and more contextual um, to share this other story. So this was still grade school, elementary school, seventh grade. And uh, this was my first um, foray into standing up to a bully. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not fun at all. Uh, I remember vividly being in, um, 
in the bathroom and like grew up in Chicago, went to Chicago public schools. It was like a magnet school. So it was one of those things. And so um, where you have to test into it. And, and I remember I was in, I think it was like the sixth or the seventh grade. And I early on, because I was so racially ambiguous, I would get a lot of attention because nobody Mm. could peg, like in the school that I went to, most people were either black or they were um, Spanish or Hispanic and or Latino. Um, Mm -hmm. So they were, and and it was, and then there was like a sliver, maybe like one or two people that were Indian. And then there's me, which is like hodgepodge. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you're young, you really want to fit in and you want to fit in so hard. And uh, this was before I would get into a lot of the, you know, the the big losses in my life, but um, particularly getting into it was like the sixth or the seventh grade, and for me, you know, I had my group of girlfriends, but I was starting to get like noticed by boys, and so and you know, it's like no one could ever figure out where I was from. I wasn't, you know, really Spanish, but I wanted to be because all my friends were (laughs) and they spoke Spanish Mm -hmm. and it kind of looked like I could be. And then all the Indian kids would get made fun of because, you know, the smart ones and and that was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I definitely did not want to be made fun of, right? And it wasn't cool to be Indian back then. Now it is (laughs) with all the yoga Mm -hmm. and all the turmeric and the supplements. All the turmeric. That's great. (laughs) So true, right? Um, and and I, I remember belonging was a big thing. Mm. And so uh, when when these girls were like saying, you know, the meanest things coming up to me in the lunch hall and vividly like just I was in the bathroom and they started spreading this rumor and even like now I'm starting even to feel it as yeah. I'm like about to share this. But they were spreading this rumor that I was like stuffing my bra. Mm. And that was like a huge thing. And even right now I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. Okay, there's just some, there's there's something still there. Mm-hmm. And fine, for those listening, you're like, all right, stuffing your bra, like how, how bad was it? But imagine like an 11 or 12 year old trying to fit in. Yeah. And these girls are, you know, the mean girls are spreading these rumors because maybe they liked the boy that liked me or what have you. And it was just this like... So I was so afraid to go to use the bathroom. Just in general. Just just, in general. Because that was the first initiation of like me going for the first time uh, when this started to happen, running into my bullies, like the girl. I mean, it's it's literally like every like clueless the movie if you grew up then or you know, mean girls. It's like the one main girl and then her two sidekicks. That was literally like what I was going through. And I'm laughing about it now, but it wasn't really so funny where I would go home and tell my parents and it was just like, like this wasn't something they held because they were immigrants. My dad was from India. My mom was from the Philippines. They're like, go study harder. Like, who cares? And for me, it's like, I I was like, I would come home crying, like Mm. not wanting to go to school for a period of this time that felt like a really long time yet. And and I would literally, I would hold my pee. I would hold like everything because I didn't want to go to the bathroom because I was confronted and, you know, either she threatened to like, you know, she was like bullying me or it was like, it was, it was just a whole thing where I didn't want to be cornered in the bathroom. 
And so I remember going into the bathroom for the very first time because I had to go to the bathroom. And I was like praying like, okay, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be in there. She's not going to be in there. And well, here we are. She was there. And she just took one look at me and I said, you know, I just, I like just blurted out. I'm like, you know, it's not true. And that's all I said. But I remember that moment of like, ah, that real, like my worst fear came true. I did not want to run into her, into the bathroom. And I did, you know, it was like, um, it's kind of the the feelings of like, oh, you know, you, you don't want to manifest running into somebody that like, and, and of course the, you know, whether it's an ex or a friend that you had a falling out with and then boom, lo and behold, it's like at a cafe that you all Mm -hmm. frequent at. Well, that was me in like the seventh grade, you know? And so, and and after I felt so good because the girl didn't say anything. She could have punched me in the face. I mean, we were in like, we were in Chicago public school. So uh, that could have happened. But I was so afraid of the fear of like the what ifs. Like what if she had something with her? What if, you know, she like what if she just started beating up on me because that was a thing where I went to school. And so, but I, I faced her. I, I said what I said. I mean, and, and here I am today so um wow i haven't revisited that memory i don't think i've ever told that story ever anywhere anywhere well thank you for telling it yeah that's big (laughs) (laughs) well like it's cool and it's we didn't of course like this really isn't planned and that's why i love it so much as like just stepping into this space because i know that probably has a connection to or about to like talk about next Mm. and it's I just want to acknowledge that though, like how cool, I mean, it's like a movie, but it's so real because I imagine so many people have gone through that, like kids are going through that now of, mm-hmm. because as adults, most of the time, the fears we deal with are like imaginary, yep. you know, it, it's like, it's an illusion of like how I look at anxiety is like, that's like a fear of what's going to go wrong. And so, like, of course, our mind overanalyzes to make sure that thing doesn't happen. But, like, that's a very, like, real threat. Like, you're in Chicago. Like, you could get beat up. Like, all, all these things. And then that, of course, influences so many other things, potentially, like, in your life. And then you go home. And this is probably what I, that I'm feeling called to go into next. It, like, again, at any time say yes or no yeah go for it but it's like i imagine right like you're going to your parents like and and i know like i feel it right now like you were saying something was coming up and you feel it now and you haven't revisited that in a long time and you haven't told that story when you think about going and asking Mm -hmm. right your parents Mm -hmm. for something that's literally like i feel like i'm in danger not just like get me out of this class i hate it it's yeah. literally like i'm in danger like mm-hmm. fit like really mm-hmm. and it was essentially or maybe actually ignored mm-hmm. what is the feeling that you feel like now and when you were revisiting that scene yeah that it wasn't safe wasn't safe to share reject rejected can't even say it rejected yeah i had a feeling Mm -hmm. 
the rejection. It's big. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. <laughs> Whoa. So it's like when you, like, where do you feel that in your body? Mm. Yeah. Fully, <clears throat> fully in my, whew, in my chest. Mm, even a little bit like my stomach. And I battled anxiety for many years, for sure, especially in my 20s. The full stomach panic written anxiety. I mean, I, I grew up with that for sure. Um, I just had words for it much later in life, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine, like how often do you feel like you revisit? I know it's much better and much different, mm -hmm. you know, but like how often does, do you feel like just this feeling, even if it's not a conscious awareness that this feeling pops up in your chest? Mm hmm. Any time that I have to do something big or ask. And, you know, it's, I know that for people who probably know me as holding a lot of space for yeah. a lot of people, that's hard to actually even fathom. And like you on stages <laughs> and you on the microphone. Yeah. Like, and I honor you. Like, thank you for mm -hmm. doing this. Like, it's, keep going. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ben, whoa, your process is big. Um, thank you for, 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 for ushering me in here. Um, yeah, it's, I didn't realize how big that rejection piece has been for like, I mean, it's, it's been kind of this thread where yes, I'll, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And yes, I will. Uh, I mean, it's part of, it's part of the business, yeah. it's part of um, the way that I recruit team members, the way that I build teams. Yet every time, I definitely feel that. I feel I feel that even when we're restructuring teams or another mm. team member leaves for whatever reason, I find it hard not to go into that rejection piece and taking it personal. Like, oh, I could have been a better leader. Or how, how could I have um, made them like me Ooh, i just got chills for that one. Oh yeah oh gosh <laughs> i resonate with that one too how right. could i make them like me because i guess yeah why would the bullies not like me mm -hmm. and it's mm. and what's really important that i think surprises a lot of people is yeah it's like feel the fear and do it anyway mm -hmm. But it's like, we don't realize how often these things are still like in the background. Mm -hmm. And the example I like to use is like, you're driving down the highway with your brakes on. Because mm -hmm. you are still obviously doing all the things you are brave. Doing and it's like, but I still have this conflicting, like protection mechanism, like don't do it, don't do it, don't like, and you feel that again and again and again. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still holding to my chest because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I need to calm my nervous system. <laughs> yeah, right. And like, and that's, and again, right, it's just to point out like how brave you are in this moment mm. because it's, and I, I just got chills again, is like the very like idea of fear biologically and also like energetically and spiritually is this. Right, like exactly what you're feeling is like that feeling comes up because it's a reminder of, 
oh, I don't want to feel that again. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally, it's like what I said on your podcast, right? Is fears love in disguise because it loves you. It's like, I don't want to need it like to hurt again. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, and I imagine like, like those things of, you know, trying to make them like you. But like mm-hmm. when you tap back into what did you feel with your parents um, and I'm not sure how much you've visited this memory. It could be new or something you already know. Mm. Like, what was that reflection? Or mm. you probably didn't know it then, but putting words to it now, what was like, not just the feeling in your chest, but the actual thought or the um, belief or the story that was like implanted? Yeah. I think the story that I carried was, okay, I... I need to I need to perform. I need to be getting straight A's for them to actually validate me yep. or see me or or achieve cuz that's all that mattered. And if I'm sharing something where I'm like viscerally in pain, viscerally in need, I was shut down completely. Cuz there was no place for that. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, and and it's uh, it's one of the big reasons, you know, of of me writing this next book and how and and even revisiting um, not this particular memory, but that was that was a that was a constant. Yeah, because you're tough. Because neither you're tough. You're that's tough. what they said. Oh yeah, you're you're tough. Uh, it so it wasn't it wasn't that instance. Mm-hmm. That was like they didn't even understand what what bully was. Sure. Like they didn't. They were like, "Go study." Is this an excuse that you're telling me <laughs> not to go to your yeah. homework? Yeah. And it was just full, like I was fully gaslit. You know, now I have words for that. You know, but um, yeah, I did not feel like I was heard. Yeah, and it would be. I mean. Um, I share this, you know, on your IG live, but uh, much later when I would go through the loss of my mom, um, you know, when I was like 11 or 12 at the time, she had already had her first bout with cancer, but things didn't really get serious until, you know, like a few years later when then she would actually mm. pass on from that. And the first thing that I was told from everyone, including my father, was, neither you're strong you're the oldest Mm. you're the eldest you're strong you got this that's what resilience is again no place to hold sadness grief fear uncertainty vulnerability so for me you know everything i did was like extra positive extra enthusiastic you know people would usually ask like how are you so positive and you've just you know lost people in your life and i never really understood what that meant i'm like what do you mean (laughs) and and now i yeah i do because i've now fit a space for that part of myself that still wants to come up and show up because she was never allowed to to finally like yeah share shed tears wail cry let it out because that was not that was foreign yeah, I appreciate you sharing this so much. And it's like, and it's like, nothing's wrong with that. I just want to point out, right? Is like, that's our, like, humans are so incredible that we adapt 
to literally keep ourselves safe, right? As like, okay, something bad happened. And so it's like, I will form mm -hmm. something so I don't feel that again. Like it's actually pretty incredible if you think about it, right? Yeah, for sure. And then it's like, and it's funny because I'm looking at like, feel, like when I was driving over here today, like my, because I've never met you in person, but I was like, like I noticed your energy and excitement is just like, it's not over the top in any way, but it's just so like um, contagious is mm -hmm. the word I would use. Mm -hmm. And of course, like all of us, right? Like our personalities also come from like trauma responses. Totally. And so if like, and you dr dropped into the piece of like needing to perform, essentially there's not room or space for you to feel anything but strong and positive and perform and do all this stuff so it's like if you could like what did that mean like for you as a person like like i have a thing that's like coming up but i'd love to hear like what you're feeling of like essentially in that moment what did you take away mm. meanings like like the deeper so it's like okay i can only feel strong i can only perform mm -hmm. i have to be positive so what's beneath that if i'm not positive if i'm not performing yeah uh, that i'm not worthy that i'm not enough what do you feel does it resonate like you don't matter oh that i don't matter that i'm not lovable yeah that i'm not accepted that i don't belong mm. if i'm not Providing, giving, overgiving, adding value, contributing, another big one. Right. And before we recorded, you even mentioned like the overgiving. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting. The overgiving to fit in, the overgiving to prove the worthiness. Yeah, and receive love, and I receive. imagine. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so mm. how are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> let's just revisit that for a moment not the Ooh. not the normal Ugh. no this is good it's like yeah. there's so many things that are yeah, like swirling mm -hmm. and moving and uh, needs <laughs> yeah. a place to just release and like exhale Mm. Yeah, can we just close our eyes for a moment? Mm -hmm. You guys were always kind of closed. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going inward, yes. <sighs> yeah, let's just take a few deep breaths. Breathe in. I just want to say thank you to Nita's fear for one, keeping her safe and this story safe and this pain safe of not wanting to revisit the pain of not being lovable, not mattering, not belonging. Thank you for keeping this so safe for us and also thank you for revealing this and her higher self, her deeper, most deepest, most loving, authentic self for this to be brought up and talked about and felt and in this moment how awesome and how safe it is and to recognize consciously recognize and acknowledge 
how powerful it is to just feel in this vulnerable moment with these feelings and memories coming up that it is safe that that you do belong that you are loved and that anything brought up in this moment is held by you by me by the space by the world And thank you for that version, that 10, 11, 12 year old, for allowing us to be seen and heard and felt and expressed. Let's take a deep breath. Is there anything you wanna say? in this space specifically? Mm. That you are loved. You are held. And I just honor you, Ben, for taking me through this really amazing journey back back home, back to my the little Nita, the little girl that just wanted to be heard and loved and seen accepted mm. thank you absolutely and so now right is okay how do I shift going forward mm. because it's like of course we can still feel these instances of like these memories and these pings right of pain coming up mm-hmm. but now you know right and it's we went down Oof. a rabbit hole that like at the beginning before we started recording was about you asking for like a big endorsement with your new book. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. Right. And so essentially what your mind and fear is protecting you from like, well, if I don't get that endorsement, if that person or all the other stories that you talked about, right. Of like, if this thing doesn't happen, then it means what to you, if you could just choose one, what was the most Mm. poignant thing? The most resonant. Mm. Like, can we say his name or should we keep his name Yeah, we can. Absolutely. (laughs) Sure, we can. Yeah, so I was just telling Ben before this, you know, one of my growth edges was leaning into, you know, I think asking, asking people for help. And as when you write a book, you know, the book doesn't market itself. And so, and so I, this, this book has been such a labor of love and it's all, it's talking about the sucky moments and funny enough, leaning into the suck, leaning Mm -hmm. into, you know, the fear, which is why I wanted to have this conversation here too. And, you know, the book's called That Suck, Now What? And I, everyone had told me that, you know, who are the top few people that you would love? Like, who's your wish list? Mm-hmm. Who would you love to get, you know, um, to to endorse your book? And the very first person was, you know, Jay Shetty for me. And, you know, it's, uh, we we had, a, we were, were definitely friends. We've known each other, but I hadn't, spoken to him in like four or five years 
And at that time, I, our families, we both lived in LA. He was just like moving to LA. So uh, we were able to have a few just memorable moments and it was really nice. And then of course, life's changed and he has been on this like huge trajectory. Mm. And I think the big fear for me was I don't wanna be like probably the thousand people yeah. that ask him, probably ask him for something. And I remember one of my dearest friends is just like, love, what are you doing? You have to put yourself out there. And I'm like, I know I talk about bravery all the time. Why can't uh-huh. I do this? And it was, I didn't revisit this particular fear yeah. from when I was younger, but the fear of, yes, rejection has been big. And and I think, and, and, and I had to, you know, my process before you, Ben, mm-hmm. my process was, all right, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. The worst that can happen is they can say no. Yeah. And what would that, what meaning could I make it in my mind? Or what meaning is it like that, that it, it is just what it is, right? And I had a few more people like on the list as well. And, and so I had to really like breathe into it and, and like, all right, I was, I remember I was at a conference and um and i said you know what i'm just gonna do it and because i have his number still and Mm -hmm. so and i just reached out how i normally would a friend because it was fine for me to ask all of the other people but i waited on this one particular Mm. person to ask and i just said i just leaned into my authenticity of what i remembered our moment when I was, you know, like eight months pregnant or whatever with Ari, we went to his birthday party. And um, before that, I think a few weeks before that, we had went out to dinner. And so it was just like, you know, just remembering those memories and just sharing like, hey, wow, what a journey you've been on and just touching base, which then turned into a couple of exchanges. And, and then I finally stepped into my <laughs> discomfort and yeah. my fear and asked and what the beauty of that ask was he's like i know how hard it is to ask so he even saw me in that cool and so and he's like i just want to honor you in that and 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 yes of course i'd support uh and and i and my big ask was, well, okay, would you, you know, would you be open to endorsing my book? And even just like phrasing it and having the words come out loud, you know, that was such a big fear because yeah. even in the ask, you're kind of like, okay, phrasing the words in that way. And that's big, you know, and even somebody like me who, who talks about bravery and in that, I don't even think mm. I've even shared this on my own podcast mm. yet. Um, and a few days ago, he said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was huge. I mean, it was it, like it felt good to even just get it out yeah. there. Right. Like, you know, even the cold plunge example. Right. We know it's painful. We know we don't want to do it during it. It really it's like, ah. Uh, can I do this for a really long time? I don't even know. But then after you're like, whoa, okay, I did that. Your body's like still like reveling from like the ice cold shock. But then you're like, oh, wow. All right. If I can do this, like what else can I do? Yeah. And like what's cool, right? Is like literally if you wouldn't have asked, that wouldn't have happened. 
And that's a huge thing. Yeah. Like it's so big that that happened, like which is freaking awesome. And also, I it's I think it's funny that we asked the question, "What's the worst that can happen?" Mm. Because that's actually <laughs> like that's the reason why we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Like because they would say no. Yeah, that's funny, right? Is <laughs> like that. That's ten technically what we go to, and for you and for everyone listening, of the reason we're not doing the thing, right? Like, like if he did say no, right? That's the big one. Like, yeah. what is it like for you? If mm-hmm. if that wouldn't have happened, if he said no, I don't have time, or no, it's not in alignment, or no, whatever is like whatever the reason may be, like I'm not good enough. Is that what immediately comes up? Yeah. It's like, I'm not good enough. I, I don't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, and so I just want to point out, like, that's the reason we're actually not doing the thing. Yeah. Is it's like, it's not because he's going to say no. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. But, but the deeper. Yeah. The deeper reason is like, oh, is it's like, why we're not posting on Instagram, why we're not expressing our truth to our partners, whatever the thing may be. Is like, oh, yeah, it sucks if they say no or people don't like it. But the deeper reason is like, oh, I don't matter. So it's just more evidence like that you are trying to avoid because then that would just prove like, oh, look, look, I shouldn't have done this. I, I don't matter. I'm not good enough. And so it completely makes sense why we avoid it because we don't want that to happen. But it's like, like, and I know you know this, but it's like, is it true? Like if he says no, that you're not good enough and that you don't matter? Hmm. No. No. Not at all. There's some really great friends of mine that would say otherwise, right? Yeah, and even you. It's so true. Yeah. So true. So true. And is it helpful to think that you don't matter and that you're not good enough? (sighs) (laughs) Big sigh. Mm. No, but I feel like it's like that reminder of like maybe the little girl in me that still needs that tenderness. Mm-hmm. Because like, and why it's not ultimately helpful, right? Is because if you don't like in this big example, and there's so many other micro examples, but like, if you would have not have asked, what would have happened? I wouldn't have gotten this huge endorsement. And because you don't ask, who rejected you? Mm, myself. Which proves what? That I don't matter. Boom. Oh. Yes, <laughs> 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 it's a mic drop. <laughs> right, and so it's <laughs> funny that most of us don't realize that like fear does the exact thing that we're trying to avoid. Mm. It's like if I don't make this ask because I'm afraid of not mattering and being rejected, so to keep myself safe, I will reject myself. And then provide the same evidence because I still didn't get the mm. the evidence or the response that I wanted. Mm. So therefore, I don't matter, but I'm the one who proves it. And I'm perpetuating that. Yep. And I'm and I'm perpetuating that cycle and yep. cycle and cycle, and I'm not able to break out of that cycle. Exactly. <sighs> wow. So I think this week this conversation is so perfect, and I love it because I believe we just broke a cycle. We did. We did. No, it's I mean yeah. it's it's huge. Yeah, I didn't realize that also it's that it is that rejection of myself saying that I don't matter. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm. So it's like instead of 
and then and, there goes the overgiving, and then there goes like the coping mechanisms, yeah. the overdoing, the because what are you trying to prove? That I do matter. Exactly. Oh. I overgive, so therefore I matter. Therefore I matter. Mm -hmm. I need to sacrifice and abandon myself so I can receive love and I matter and all the other things we can go down the rabbit hole. Mm. But like last question for you is like instead of I don't matter and I'm not good enough, what like if you could literally reprogram your body and your brain and mm. your DNA, what would you want to believe? Or what do you want to believe? Mm. I am brave. Ooh yeah. I am, oh gosh, this is a mantra I would say after my divorce. I am brave, I am bold, and I am unapologetic. Mm. And like what truth do you actually like know about you? Mm. That I am whole. Boom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is so good, Ben. Thanks for going here. Wow, we did it. <laughs> Oh my god. Right, and so like how does that feeling of I am whole feel? It feels expansive. It feels I mean it feels full and it feels like just lack of it ju it just feels easy. Mm. It feels inflow. Yeah, because if you're whole then it doesn't matter what anyone says or does. Mm -hmm. And most likely like those mm. results that you're looking for will happen because you already feel you're already in the frequency of whole wholeness yeah oh, thank you mm -hmm. this was so good good thank you for going here wow <laughs> all right i i released you from <laughs> from the from the depths of of your fear um but truly like thank you for going there and that truly is like an embodiment of who you are that most people won't do instead of like, let me just tell the story that I know and that I'm good at telling. So I love that you truly like went to an edge and that tells a lot about you as a leader. Hmm. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for your gifts and how you are serving at such a huge level. And I mean, this is just, this is turning fear on its head for so many people, so appreciate you of course and with the most heartfelt ask that you can for everybody listening and watching right now what would you ask them to do uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would definitely ask go and support this book buy a copy that sucked now what dot com get a copy for your friend i mean this is the book that helps build resilience to helps brave the sucky moments that we all go through in life and and so that we can arrive at our own wholeness so that's my big my big ask thank you thank you and anywhere else people can connect with you yeah neetha bushin on um instagram uh i'm 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 on ig most of the time send me a dm uh, I have a you know weekly podcast. We drop to a week at the Brave Table, and Ben's episode is on the Brave Table as well. Boom! Well, thank you all, and that's a wrap. <laughs>